Hello, this is Terry Waldo. The program is This is Ragtime, and this is the fourth program in our series, and I'm happy to say we've had terrific response to the other three programs, so I guess you'll enjoy this one too. We're going to do a tribute to Leon Redbone, who I had the pleasure of working with for a number of years and being on a number of his albums. And then after that, we will have program number four from my original series that played on NPR, also called This Is Ragtime. But first, as we've been doing in other programs, I'd like to play you a cut from our newest recording. This is the Gotham City Band with Tatiana, Eva Marie, and Mike Davis on trumpet, Ricky Alexander on clarinet, Jim Fryer on trombone, Jay Lepley on drums, Brian Nalepka on string bass, and Nick Russo on banjo and guitar. This is the fourth cut from the newest album, which is called I Double Dare You, and we hope to have this uh, released sometime in the fall. The tune is Deep Purple, and this features a wonderful arrangement by Mike Davis. sleepy garden walls and the stars begin to flicker in the sky through the mist of a memory you wander back to me breathing my still love the night once again I hold you tight though you're gone now love lives on when moonlight beams and as long as my heart will beat lover will always meet here in my dear Dream. 
That was Deep Purple, the fourth cut from our upcoming album, I Double Dare You, which will be released hopefully this fall by Turtle Bay Records. And now I'd like to do a tribute to Leon Redbone, who died May 30th, 2019, just last year. And he was an interesting guy that I first met, I think, around 1980. And he was the only person I knew of who was able to get our kind of old-time music on television and get it out publicized and, and gain some popularity for it. He made a number of great albums, and they featured all of the stars of traditional jazz uh, who were around at least the West Coast, oh, actually all over the country. And I was fortunate enough to be among those. I started making recordings with him about 1981, and I believe I'm on about seven of his albums. So I'd like to start with one of the tunes that he recorded that I was just a sideman on, but I was thrilled to do it. And this is from an album called Whistling in the Wind. The tune is called My Little Grass Shack, and listen to the personnel on this thing. Ringo Starr was also singing on it, in, in addition to Leon. Giampaolo Biaggi was on uh, drums. Cindy Cashdollar, who was a great steel guitar player, uh, was on this. She later worked with Asleep at the Wheel and, and other great uh, Western swing bands. Vince Giordano is on tuba. Frank Vignola is on guitar and mandolin. I'm on piano, and Leon sings the main vocal, but we also had a choir that he put together, which had a number of singers, including myself and his wife, Beryl. Here's My Little Grass Shack. I want to go back to my little grass shack in Kalakakuawa. I wanted to be with all the kindness and wahinas that I knew long ago I can hear all guitars are playing on the beach at Ho-Ho-Na-Na I can hear the Hawaiians say Como mai no kauka i kailewelakao It won't be long till my ship will be sailing back to Kona a grand old place that's always fair to see I'm just a little wine and a homesick island boy I want to go back to my fishing point I want to go back, back to my little grass shack In Calicacoa, Hawaii Where the humu humu nuku nuku apu I go swimming by where the humu humu nuku nuku apu a a go swimming by. I wanna go back to my little grass shack in Kalakakuma, Hawaii. I wanna be with all the connies and wahinis that I knew long ago. I can hear old guitars of playing on the beach at Popo now. Won't be long till my ship will be sailing back to Kona. 
grand old place that's always fair to see. I'm just a little Hawaiian and a homesick island boy. I want to go back to my fishing port. I want to go back to my little grass shack in Kalakaku, Hawaii. Well, homo homo no kunoku apu a go swimming by. Well, homo homo no kunoku apu a go swimming by. During the 80s, I got to tour with Leon. We had some great times on the road, I'll have to say. Played Nashville, did some television shows down there. We would be on programs with a lot of of famous uh, other mainly rock and roll people. I don't think I ever would have had a chance to uh, get to know this circle of people if it hadn't been for Leon. But he consented to record with my band. And so in 1986... We got him to play on a couple of tunes on the album. The album is called Footlight Varieties. And the two tunes that he really wanted to record with us were both Jelly Roll Morton tunes. These are both very obscure Jelly Roll Morton tunes. The first one is If You Knew, and the second one is Good Old New York. These were both from Jelly Roll Morton's late period, his last days of his life, that he wrote both of these things. And the band consists of Peter Eklund on trumpet, Joe Marini, who played with Louis Armstrong previously on clarinet, Dan Barrett, the wonderful trombone player, who also did arrangements for this album, Howard Alden on banjo and guitar, Mike Walbridge from Chicago was playing tuba, and Hal Smith was on drums. These are both great cuts. Here is first, If You Knew, and then Good Old New York.
As I got to know Leon and work with him, he trusted me enough that he would do some tunes that I actually wrote. And there were two tunes that he did. One was a on a Christmas album. Uh, the album was called Christmas Island. It came out in 1987, I believe. And I wrote a Christmas tune called That Old Christmas Moon, which was right in the pocket of 
imaginative kind of tunes that Leon liked to do. So he recorded it. Unfortunately, or fortunately, as the case may be, I was not able to be there when they actually recorded it. They recorded it a year before it came out during the Christmas holiday season, and I was in Columbus, Ohio at the time. So Dr. John actually plays piano on this tune, but I wrote it, and I think it's pretty good. Oh, that old Christmas moon Hanging pretty all clear and wide As the snow falls so soft and wide The world awaits its Christmas night Santa's coming real soon And the moonbeams will guide his sleigh All the children are tucked away Neath that old Christmas moon and dreams will fly over the rooftops So far up in the sky We'll see the sights, the Christmas lights Together, you and I And that old Christmas moon Shining softly on snow so white As he brightens a special night That old Christmas moon Soft snow is silvery white With moon glow is shining so bright It lights up this glorious night It's that old Christmas moon Christmas moon Shining softly on snow so white As he brightens a special night That old Christmas moon best tune that I wrote for Leon was a thing called The Laughing Blues, which was on an album called Sugar that came out in 1990. It was so good that we actually did it on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and Leon performed it there. Actually, he came out in some very strange Mexican outfit with this big hat on, 
I arranged the thing and, and worked with the, the Johnny Carson band there, although the tune calls for laughing clarinet and for the members of the band to uh, laugh also during the, during the song. And they were a little bit reluctant to do that, but they basically went along with it. But here's the original recording, which has Peter Eklund on trumpet, Dan Barrett on trombone, Ken Poplowski does the laughing clarinet effects. Eddie Davis was playing drums on this one. And Leon played banjo and sang. We finished the recording session and mixed it, and Leon came out and he says, Now that's a real novelty blues. So here it is, the laughing blues. Check and some rowdy stole my four weeks' pay. It rained all the night and my shoes were soaking on my feet. I walked through the door and found the landlord put my clothes out in the street. But it's got to be a way to break this hard luck stream. Said I wanna sigh, cry. I wanna throw myself away, take a powder and die. I got to do so bad, my aching heart is filled with pain. But before I go insane, this thought came through my brain. I've got to. I was privileged to record a number of tunes for Leon's records, and we've only touched the surface here today, so I think we'll probably do some more of them on the next program. So for the rest of the program, as we have done on the previous shows, I'm going to play show number four of my original NPR series, which came out about 1972, also called This is Ragtime. Enjoy. This is Ragtime. 
I'm Terry Waldo, and today on the second of three programs devoted to Scott Joplin, we'll be listening to Joplin's later rags, and also talking with author-historian Rudy Blesch. On our last program, we explored the early music of Joplin from his first rag composition published in 1899 to 1907. And today we listen to Joplin's last and possibly his finest rags. We begin with a 1908 composition played by Bob Wright. This is called the Sugarcane Rag. Today and on succeeding programs, we'll be playing excerpts from a recorded interview we did with Rudy Blesch. Blesch and Harriet Janis wrote a book in the late 40s called They All Played Ragtime. And this remains today as the best single source of information on the subject. 
Rudy talked with us about Scott Joplin's later rags. I suppose that every composer uh, has his great years in which everything seems to come into focus and the great compositions are coming forward for it. That would be true, of course. It was true of Beethoven, Chopin, and all the others, and signally true, I think, in the case of Scott Joplin, who, of whom it may be said that he never wrote a bad ray, but he certainly wrote some very great ones, and some of the greatest and the most perfectly realized ones, I think, come in one year, the year of 1909. And it's interesting to trace a little bit of what went before that. The year 1906 had been a very bad year for Scott Joplin because of the death of an infant child, then his split with his wife at that time in St. Louis, and her dying soon after they split. And it marked Joplin in some way because 1906 rep and 1907 represent uh, a year, a little over a year, during which he simply wandered, rather footloose, in which his movements are very hard to trace. He's supposed to have gone to London briefly. He is known to have gone to Chicago, where he collaborated with Louis Chauvin in a beautiful work called Heliotrope Bouquet, which we have the only record of, of ragtime themes by one of the great unpublished geniuses, Louis Chauvin, who died very young. And uh, the year then also involved a trip back, his first to his hometown, Texarkana, Texas, wandering into the east, going on a vaudeville circuit for a while, which he played as a vaudeville artist. 1907, he began to get things back together a bit, moved to New York to live, and 1908 began to settle there. 1909, married his second wife, Lottie Stokes, and it proved to be a, a wonderful marriage for him because she, unlike his first wife, although she may not have been particularly musical, was highly sympathetic to his work, supported him, his efforts in it, ran a boarding and rooming house in which other composers and players came and stayed sort of a theatrical uh, musical boarding house. Leaving uh, Scott Joplin free to work as a teacher, which he liked, and spend most of his time in composing. The year 1909 shows the fruit of that, not only, uh, not particularly in quantity, though there are uh, four uh, beautiful pieces of that period, but ones in which uh, the expressive feeling comes forth very strongly. They're, they are, they reach a level of what one might call romantic poetry that was new in Scott Joplin's work. Particularly, I would say, um, Country Club is one of the beautiful ones of that period, of that year, 1909. We'll hear one of the most beautiful of the 1909 rags. This is the Wall Street rag, as played by William Balcom.
One of the devices that appear frequently in the 1909 Scott Joplin rags is the use of parallel thirds in the right hand. Rudy Blesch comments. Now, the, the use of the thirds at that particular period was what, is known, was, was what was known as the Spanish touch. It came from the way in which Spanish guitar is corded and in which the two-part singing of Spanish singing has long taken place in, in the parallel consecutive thirds. Uh, it had been in our literature a long time, actually. The, um, uh, one of the influential songs during the uh, third quart fourth quarter of the 19th century was a song from Mexico called La Paloma, the Dove, written by one Iradier which is scored entirely in consecutive thirds. But of course we have a more important example at hand in the work of the Creole composer from New Orleans, the famous Louis Moreau Gottschalk, who uh, wrote a particularly beautiful number using the exploitation of this type of rhythm and thirds called Souvenir of Puerto Rico. Now parallel with this Souvenir of Puerto Rico, one must assume that Gottschalk, who was a very famous man, particularly in America during the whole 19th century, latter part of the 19th century, must have been very, very well known to, to Scott Joplin. Might indeed one have been one of the one of his idols. Uh, uh, but it's uh, very seldom in his work that any direct allusions or connections with Gottschalk can come forth. But the, in this same year that we are speaking of, 1909, there is a prime example in the only tango that Joplin wrote, called Solace, a Mexican serenade, in which um, the movement of the melody in thirds over the broken tango rhythm is in that same sort of character. Solace is played for us by Joshua Rifkin.
1971, there was a piano roll discovered of a rag credited to Scott Joplin, but never previously published. It since has been published in the collected works of Scott Joplin that Vera Lawrence has assembled for the New York Public Library. And Max Morath has made a beautiful recording of it. Joplin spent his last sad years working on his opera Tremonitia, 
part of which we're going to hear on our next program. His frustration with that work and also his deteriorating health are clearly mirrored in his last rags. And as far as we know, the Magnetic Rag, published in 1914, is the last one. It's a haunting, somber composition, which gives a hint of what Joplin might have done had he lived longer. It's interesting to note that for the first time, there appears a strain that has 24 bars in length rather than 16. Also note a tempo change after the short introduction. This is a piano roll, hand played by Joplin himself in 1916. This is Ragtime was produced, written, and narrated by Terry Waldo and directed by Jeff Mill. Audio engineer, Bob Robinson. This program was produced at the Ohio University Telecommunications Center.
with funds provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is NPR, National Public Radio.